0: Rami Sumaria is the CEO and co-founder of The Oblique Life, a company that brings people together and connects them through a curated global community. Before founding The Oblique Life, Rami worked as an associate in the Debt and Capital Markets Division at HSBC. Rami has a Bachelor's of Science in Economics and Geography from the University College of London.
1: Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Young Professional African Edition with your host Jonathan Rowanika and Shanil Mudli, equipping
0: you with all the right tools to jumpstart your career in an African context by sharing experiences and spreading the gospel of information. With original music brought to you by Africa's own, Yunil Badiachi.
1: Hi Rami. We're super excited to have you on the show today. Uh,
2: welcome. Hey, Jonathan. Great to be on. Um, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: No, I'm super excited about this episode, Romy, for, for many reasons. But maybe before we dive right in, uh, into these other things, let's just start off with where are you from and where did you grow up?
2: Wow. Where am I from? I love that question. It's such a, it's such a, it's such a complex answer. Um, I, so I was actually born in London. Um, I grew up in Kenya, uh, Nairobi in Kenya. I spent 16 years of my life there, my primary and secondary school. Um, my family then decided to move to the back to the UK. Um, and that's where I finished my sixth form after which I went to university in London. And that's when I made London my home. I haven't left London since. It's, it's one of the most amazing cities in the world. And I find myself now running my own company based in London. I am also, um, I've got Indian heritage. My grandparents migrated over from India um, in the early 20th century. And that's how we settled in Africa in the first place. So there's a lot of deep-rooted history, um, but Africa is probably, and Kenya is home for me for sure.
1: That's beautiful. I think when we think Africa... Uh, we most people don't think of the individuals that have that sort of diverse heritage you know and I think that's very important to highlight but maybe just before we 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 go into this episode you know how was it like living in Kenya you know how different is it living in London yeah maybe if you can just talk us briefly just through
2: that I think when I've answered this question in the past it's all about perspective and context for me because we've got to remember i was living in kenya up until i was 16 yeah and i was and i left kenya in 2005 so the the city that the nairobi that i remember is very different to what it is now true and i was very fortunate i had a very fantastic uh, upbringing we got to enjoy the beauty of, of of kenya nairobi the the outdoors the weather It wasn't as necessarily built up in those days as a city, but it was still one of the most uh, multicultural African cities um, around. There was a because of the United Nations and how they have one of their headquarters in um, in Kenya, the sub-Saharan. Um, African headquarters one of the headquarters is there so you have a lot of international people and then you have a lot of the embassies that that put their base embassy in in Nairobi so that was really nice you had this really multicultural group of people Um, I also you know one thing I learned about growing up in Kenya was the people that there's just this you only see it once you leave and how People are friendly. People want to be around each other. Yeah. There's, this, there's this innate, you know, wanting to be part of community. Um, yeah. And it was when I moved to London that I realized it wasn't just Kenya. It was actually a very, you know, African thing. You know, yeah. I found yeah. meeting Africans from different countries. We all had that same value system and that same ability to connect. Um, so, yeah, it, it was a really great upbringing. Kenya was beautiful. Look, every country has its challenges. Every country has its its difficulties. But if I look at all the, if I weigh them up, the beauty of the country, the people, and just the opportunities are, are pretty amazing. And, and I hope one day that I can do something back there and take what I've learned back yeah. to Kenya.
1: That's a beautiful, beautiful uh, answer there, Rami. You know, Kenya is now quite the entrepreneurial hub, you know, so it's, it's quite, it'll be quite interesting when you go back, you know, as an entrepreneur yourself, uh, things you could potentially add to that ecosystem but you know you study you, you went to the United Kingdom you studied there uh, maybe just tell us what did you study in university
2: and what informed that choice? So I think one of the things about um, Kenya being a, a, an ex-colony of the UK is they always have a very strong connection to to the UK and particularly in terms of education there was always this kind of this this idea that you know Going to the UK for university was was the best place, and rightly so. You know, the UK has some of the best institutions in the world from an education perspective. Yeah. I was lucky enough to be accepted to University College London (UCL), and I read economics and geography. The reason I studied geography, everyone laughs and say, "Oh yeah, what were you studying? Coloring in for three years? Were you just?" And, and I and I always feel that geography is a very misrepresented subject. It was actually, <laughs> it, it's for me the perfect subject that helps the understanding of how people, the environment, the economy, um, and the politics all link together. And I actually say to people, if we all study geography, maybe we wouldn't have half the problems we have in the world today, because (laughs) you really realize how interlinked the systems are together. Um, I focused more on the human geography side there. And it was a fascinating degree. I got to really look into some of them, some of the big security and geopolitical questions. Um, I look at developmental challenges. I looked at, you know, some of the more combining the history as well. You look at, you know, look we, we studied Latin America, Africa, Asia, and you've got to really understand why, how, and what some of the leadership has done to these places. So that was really fascinating. The economic side was also about understanding, okay, how can I've always been passionate about, um, development and and making change and growing the the wealth of 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 africa and the places i'm in so economics was about learning that we did a lot of um studying on the macro side looking at macro policy looking at how macroeconomics plays a role um and also the micro side but what's interesting about economics was that it's a it's it's almost a work in progress because they, they always joke in economics that it's the only subject that you're really you're you're kind of you know, you, you, don't, you don't know what's going to happen and everything is, you can't really predict how things are going to shape out. You're just dealing with what happens. Yeah. So it's a really good study of, of of taking what's in front of you and being able to to act quickly, think of decisions. And also, you, you know, you have to, economics really shapes one's mind about how we're able to include people into this, this big decision of how we grow the world. Um, so that was my degree when I studied at UCL yeah um yeah. but the, the other interesting thing about studying at ucl was being in london and that's really where i started seeing that this is one of my favorite cities in the world because it's you don't get cities that are that cosmopolitan that are that multicultural that yeah. have that much energy in them going and i think that's that's what i fell in love with it was the different types of people you're surrounded by um yeah. which is why i stayed there
1: oh wow oh no that's That's, that's beautiful. You know, I hear, uh, I haven't been to London myself, but everyone who goes there talks about like the diversity and your ability to always find your group of people in London, wherever you're from, which I think is fascinating.
2: It's fascinating, but but, but it's also, it's also, sorry, but it's just, it's also one of the toughest things as well, because it can be very isolating. So Mm. there is an element of you know, th- what you do miss is when you're back in Nairobi and you have your group and you and you, and you you go to a restaurant and you don't even need to go with all your group of friends, but you're gonna see people you're, you recognize and you're gonna have that feeling. Sometimes you don't get that in London, so that can be the tough side of it, um, yeah. which is why it's nice to have those African roots. So you're always ready to meet and mingle with people.
1: Yeah, no, thank you Rami. And uh, you know, now you're a graduate of uh, UCL with an economics and ge- geography major. Uh, what did you do next? So what happened?
2: So after university, I was looking at where the world could take me, what I could, I needed to get into the, the, the professional world and to get a job. Um, I initially was looking at trying to work with the foreign office. Um, I really was really excited about the idea of working for the UK government and really trying to shape and influence foreign policy. It was something I was Mm -hmm. very passionate about. So I did an internship with the foreign office and actually, I very quickly realized that the public sector wasn't for me. It wasn't the the environment was not dynamic enough, and I just felt that I was too much of a small piece in a big in a big big system. Yeah. Um, at the same time, I was looking, and a lot of my peers from my course um, at that time, finance was really the 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 best route for 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 experience for a job. Um, it paid the best, but also you know you really learned the, 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 the learning curve was so steep and powerful that I really felt that maybe this could be a place where I could at least get hone in my skills and become and learn how to be an adult. So I was fortunate enough to get a job at HSBC. Um, I was, I worked in the debt capital markets division for five years and it was a real baptism of fire. It was a fantastic five years, super tough, a lot of late nights, um, a lot of um, stressful moments but a lot of growth and a lot of understanding of, you know, the, what, what you can do as an individual, yeah. those five years, I feel really helped me develop my professional skills. Um, they helped me translate things I'd learned at school at university into the real world, but also showed me the, the stark divisions we have in our world and our ecosystems and our economies and how that, there are a few organizations and people that really dominate the world. And, and that really started making me think about, is this the future that we want to have, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, that, that, that's beautiful. You know, and for my next question, you know, I just want to highlight, you know, you, you own a company, Oblique Life, you know, a fantastic platform for young professionals to network. And it seems like you're expanding, not just in the UK, but all over the world you know, tell us more about Oblique Life and uh, the, the company that you co-founded.
2: No, no, thank you for that and for those kind words about it. I, I think the Oblique Life started its journey when I was at HSBC. I was I was surrounded by people. And as I said, you know, you start really thinking about what's your purpose? What, do, what can you do? How can you change things? And at that particular moment in time, we're talking about around five years ago, I was in a place where I felt that as individuals, you get stuck in your kind of little bubbles. And as I said before, London's full of amazing people, but yeah. they're not, it's not easy to go and be part of that ecosystem and to make the most of it. You really have to put yourself out there. You really have to work at going to events, going around, you know, asking questions. You gotta be vulnerable at times and, and face rejection if you're applying for new jobs or trying to be part of an organization or a group. Yeah. And what I felt was missing was. All the organizations and structured communities around London at the time were focused on what I called um, specific verticals um, or identifiers. Examples being, are you um, a certain social class? Okay, you can join this club. Mm. Are you a certain profession? Yeah, you can be part of our community. Mm. Are you um, a particular level of, of celebrity? Okay, great, you're in ours. And for me, those divisions, were were contradictory to what I thought was the most important, which is what are your values and what are you interested in? Because I want to meet somebody that's got the same interests as me, the same values as me, the rest of it, that's all labels and, and superficial stuff. Yeah. So my brothers and I said, well, look, we've got a really fantastic network that we've cultivated ourselves naturally. Um, we, we were already hosting some events and some parties where we were trying to break some of these social divisions down and have more of a kind of um, Again, like a a, a party where you don't, you can't buy a table. You couldn't, um, it didn't matter who you were. You just everybody paid the same entrance price and everyone was equal when they entered the room. Um, And I think that was, that kind of got us this great community following. And we said, how do we make this more structured? How do we get more out of it? And that's when we formalized the oblique life, which is a subscription based community where you join. And what we do is we bring people together that have these, these fantastic values people who, who put respect first, they value diversity, sustainability, creativity, and positivity. And they put all these people together and we then created a series of events um, around different lifestyle interests so people could meet those individuals that share the same passions. Um, this developed nicely. And as we evolved and we grew um, over the, 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 the years, you know, over the last three years, when we launched the club, one of the things we found was the members were growing and we wanted to even to, to add even more value. And I guess that's when it really comes into play is, you know, people ask us, what, what what is the oblique life? What does it do? The oblique life is a community. It's a community that brings people together. We want them to share their knowledge. We want them to collaborate. And then in this process, deliver as much positive impact to society. And that's what we really focus on now. And the beauty is coronavirus has been tough. It's It's made us really think, you're a London based company doing a lot of your connection through physical events. What, what are you going to do now? Well, actually we said, we're going to go digital, but oh, going wow. digital meant, you know what? We have a bigger audience. Now we have people we can connect in that before when we, we weren't able to be part of this ecosystem because they didn't live in London. Now it doesn't matter what geography you live in. If you want to be part of the events and the discussions we're having, you can dial in. Okay. The times might not be yeah. as favorable to some people outside in certain time zones, but that's, that's the point it's about connecting these globally minded people who want to to share their ideas who want to be around other people that are driving change and who want to be around people that feel that together we can make the biggest difference
1: oh wow wow no Rami that is that is that is amazing you know and I think you guys are doing amazing things uh I bear testimony uh, to, to this, because, you know, I joined one of your uh, uh, events yesterday, the Africa Connect event, and, you know, I, I got to meet uh, people who were from the African Development Bank, uh, individuals that are, are heading investment committees uh, on the African continent, you know, and for someone who's doing a master's in development finance, you know, that was amazing to be connected to such people from, you know, such various uh, places. Um so, like, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I, I just think maybe I, I just want to know more about, you know, that's, that switch from investment banking to fully running your startup 100%. Like, how was that like, you know, uh, if you could maybe just describe, because I, I think there are a lot of dreamers out there that have great ideas. You know, but I just not brave enough to make that switch to leaving that, you know, great job, great organization, you know, comfortable uh, sort of way of life uh, into the world of startups and building something.
2: I think you, you use a very great word that was comfortable. I mean the moment you feel comfortable in anything you're doing you have to ask yourself why do I feel so comfortable and I guess that's where I'd got to I worked super hard in the investment bank and I was and I was you know I'm proud to say that I I was one of the the top um, the the top associates in my in my on my peer group I'd really developed a stronger reputation for myself but I'd got to a point where I was no longer doing the late nights my hours had improved I knew the product I was selling, I was working with, I developed my client relationships. And I was at that moment where I had to make a decision. If I wanted to be better in my own field, I would have had to go and say, okay, you know what, you need to maybe sh- change your, your, your desk or at least, ch- or change the, you know, the, the sector I'm focused on, or even move to another bank to really push myself to the next level. The flip side was I had this idea. I believed in this vision. I have this idea of building this amazing international, global, diverse community that brought together these incredible minds. And I really believed I could build one of the future networks and communities that that our generation needed. Do I take the risk or do I go and try and continue to develop myself in the banking world? Or do i just stay where i am and be comfortable and i said no i'm going to go and do my vision because that's what i'm most passionate about that's what i believe in most i never really was necessarily in love with the idea of banking i did love my job i loved my team but i wasn't that wasn't my dream from 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 when i could remember and that was what really pushed me to start my own business i was also very fortunate i had my two brothers with me and that makes a big difference when you have when you have a co-founder or, or a partner that can drive the, the vision with you that makes a big difference. If I was alone, I might not have done it. The other thing I just wanted to bring up here was, I think there's this romanticization of doing your own business. Yeah. I think it's not about doing the own business. It's about doing what you're most passionate about. In this case, it was my business, but I think a lot of people are in that position where they're like, okay, I've worked five, 10, 10 years. What do I do now? And that's when you got to. Do that work to ask yourself, what are you most passionate about? What's your purpose? Where do you want to drive the most impact? And maybe it's staying in the company, but being brave to say, I want to change the role. Maybe it's sometimes saying, like okay, I need to take a pay cut to move upwards. Maybe it's sometimes saying that, you know what? My opportunity costs, you know, I'm to change industry from this big company. I'm going to be paid X amount. And I'm going to drop the salary to work for a smaller group and have more influence you have to just take a brave decision, something you're passionate about and make sure that your purpose is fully intact.
1: Yeah, no, no, that's, that's brilliant Romy. That is, that is amazing. And, you know, in Africa, I, I actually think we have a gap uh, in terms of like networking, you know, I've lived in Cape town. I'm about to move to Johannesburg, which are big uh, African uh, cities, you know, but like there are no platforms for networking um, so do you see oblique life potentially expanding in Africa and what could that potentially look like?
2: I, th- I think to, 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 to put the quick answer first, 100%, I, I see Africa as, as the future of this planet in many ways. um, And, but if, if I give you some more insight into, to why the, when Oblique Life started, it started in London. And as I said, it was a lot about, you know, we instead of having decided to have a physical venue for our community, which a lot of members clubs had, we were more focused on building a community and doing events in different places, but focusing on what the interest was. When, 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 you, when you look at that, what was interesting was you're bringing these minds together and people felt they were they were building really powerful relationships, engaged ones. Now, if I think of Africa, what does Africa have that i that i see that's that that that's really powerful it's the people the people in africa are are amazing they are driven they want to make a change but also they, they 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 know that they need to work together and i think when we look at one of the, some of the challenges you see in africa it's because there's not enough forums networks institutions that have a pan african focus and also, I don't think Africa gets brought into the conversation in the globe. A lot of the conversations are, oh, we need to go help Africa. Africa needs this. Africa needs that. Africa needs this. Africa needs. No, Africa doesn't need. Africa can also share. Africa can also support. Africa can also give to the world. Yeah. So I want to really bring Oblique into Africa. I want to build communities around the continent in different cities in different countries and I want to integrate them and connect them back to Europe the UK and the rest of our global membership because I really feel that we we can learn so much from each other but I feel that the people in Africa are willing to give and share and I think that's really important because a lot of people around the world and a lot of the networks you see especially in UK the US are very extractionary and people just join to, to receive something from it whereas people from Africa, they, they're ready to learn, they're ready to share, they're ready to give their experience and time. So I'm, I'm super excited about bringing Oblique to Africa. I think mean, there's so much potential and I would love to start people from the, because we're digital now, because our events are running um, on, on, on virtual forums and we have a digital platform so people can can connect through, I would love to see more people from across the continent joining in, sharing their ideas, sharing their struggles and sharing their solutions because that's what we need to, to, to give Africa more a chance for.
1: Yeah, no, no, amazing Rami, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, speaking on behalf of YP Africa, you know, we are super keen to participate in any form or way that will uh, allow you guys to realize that 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 vision uh, because that's something that we're also passionate about, you know, uh, just bringing information and learning to places where it never would have reached, um, and uh, if oblique uh, Af- uh, life is 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 going to do that, we will help in any possible way.
2: No, I really appreciate that, and you know th- this this uh, this podcast is is an example of that. We 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 connected through. I, I listened to your podcast. I found it on online, and I was I was really amazed by the some of the interviews that you had and i said you know we want to be part of this that's how we got in touch so yes. i think you know it's you guys are doing a fantastic job and it's the kind of the partnerships and working together with oblique life yp africa these are the kind of with the future and if we don't start doing things today by the time we're in a position of of real power where we wouldn't have done anything different to our predecessors yeah. and that that would be a sacrilege to the potential that we have yeah. Um, and the potential that the continent has. Yeah.
1: No, no. Thank you so much for the kind words, Rami. And, uh, you know, I think uh, as a last question before I you know hand over to you, if you have any parting words, is that is, where do you see yourself uh, in the next couple of, uh, in the long term? And where do you see a, a, a bleak life? I, I know you touched a little bit on, 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 on that, but
2: yeah, where do you, where do you see yourself? Wow. It's, it's a big question. I ask myself that every day. Sometimes <laughs> and I get asked that a lot. Look, I, um, I personally speaking, I've put a lot of my, my time, energy and vision into into the oblique life. So for quite a few years now, it's just been, you know, trying to get this community moving. And, um, you know, one of the things I do say is as an entrepreneur, it's, it's hard to kind of get your head out of the sand sometimes, you know, to look beyond where do I see myself going forward. But I really do believe that I've, 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 what I've been able to do with my brothers in the oblique life, bringing these people together and have foresight and to always move with the times and adapt. I think I'm. I would definitely like to be involved in shaping and growing and supporting impact businesses, whether that's in an advisory capacity, whether it's helping them build partnerships. Um, and I really want to be part of a world where we can drive profit and look after the planet at the the same time. That's really what I want to be in and help businesses do that. The oblique life, I definitely think can be a part of that. And I really hope that the oblique life and what we're doing um, will continue to grow. I think the oblique life is is really moving in a direction where it's about bringing, like I said, the global community together, people who want to be on that level, we're also working with organizations now and we're helping them think about their culture of the future. And I guess that's what Oblique life really is going to become and become, I want it to stand for is it's, we represent our generation. We want to be the voice of change. We want to be the voice of empowerment. We want to be the voice of this is what the future likes. We want to be about equality, inclusion, sustainability, access, but also success and growth. And if Oblique life, continues to grow and we continue to involve people like yourselves people like the yp africa community other parts of the europe uk i don't see why it can't and i don't see um you know and i only see that we can do great things together
1: oh wow rami so many so many lessons to be extracted from this interview you know, even, I think we didn't even go into detail about the beauty of, of networking online, you know, and all those other beautiful things, but in, 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 parting, you know, do you have any last words? You, 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 would just, uh, like to, to mention, uh, if not, that's okay. Also.
2: No, I mean, I'm always full of words, man. Don't worry about <laughs> it. If, 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 if you give me a chance to speak, I'll definitely speak. So you, you've got to be careful when you let me speak. Um, uh, it's 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 uh look i think you know a lot of the, the work you guys are doing and the and the listeners you guys are building the listen the the listenership now what do you call it the um the audience, the audience. you're creating the audience is, yeah. is 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 all about um you know inspiring people and how to you know people maybe just want need that inspiration for change or to do something that they're passionate about so what i would like to say to any listener out there if you feel At any point, like I said, comfortable, stagnating, or if you feel that you want to do more, take the time to investigate that and don't sit on it for too long and do something about it because we don't have all the time in the world to make the change. The the world is, is, is moving, but also change is needed more than we even think. So if you feel that you can't do something because maybe the idea is not that good or because oh, I don't know if I, sh- if I can take this risk. Another thousand people are probably feeling the same thing. So you're not alone, but take that because it's going to make you stronger, better. And who knows, you could be the change the world really needed. Um, so yeah, just, I want to tell anybody out there who wants to do their own business, who wants to, to try something, go for it, give it a go, but do it in the right way. Put your time into it, do your research, build your purpose, and most importantly, stay passionate about what you do.
0: Wow, Jonathan, I uh, really enjoyed that interview, and um, I think you know I I also attended um, one of the sessions. I think you you sent me the invite, and these guys are really doing some awesome things. And when I when I initially met Romy, you know, in my head I was just thinking, this is a hustler. You know, this is the kind <laughs> of guy uh, that that you want around, that you want running your business because you know he's here, he's there, he's doing it all. He knows the right people. So, so really, really awesome interview. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so I think maybe I'll kick us off with my, my first point And uh, you can let me know your thoughts on that. But geography, <laughs> geography as a major, yeah. when when he when he first said that, I was thinking exactly as he said before, you know, like when people question him, And then he started to explain, you know, the, looking at the geopolitical landscape and all of this. And then I started to think about, you know, analyzing Africa from a geographic lens. Yeah. understanding the way that they divided our our nation or, or the continent up and all of these things and I said wow you know that, that is actually quite valuable but what, what are your thoughts on that do you do you know anyone who ended up at like you know a big bank in finance who had a geography background
1: yeah that was that's a very interesting eh? so he did a geography and an economics sort of like double major uh, but what's very interesting Chanel, maybe just to try and answer that question is I think the United Kingdom uh, sort of has a very uh, flexible uh, sort of situation. And the reason why I say that is uh, to qualify as a chartered accountant, you know, I'll speak to the fields that I understand, you know, in South Africa, you need to do accounting and finance and do three years of articles. Uh, but in the United Kingdom, you can study anything, eh? like philosophy, physics in, under, in undergrad, uh, and then do three years at a big four and qualify as a chartered accountant. You know, so that's sort of like flexibility. I think they are taking a little bit from that liberal arts education system that you find in the United States, uh, and then like sort of merging it with what's already been uh, established in, in that country. Uh, so maybe that's why you would find geography at HSBC. Uh, uh, I don't know, but it, it may, maybe that's the reason.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I, I really hope, you know, Africa starts to adopt that model <laughs> sooner or later.
1: Yes.
0: Because because I think we there's so many talent people who are passionate about these other industries who still have a lot of value to add to things like banking, economics, yeah, um, and the likes of those things. So, so I think it would be really interesting if we could start adopting things like that. I agree. Yeah. And then I think the next thing for me was, and I guess this is something that we have spoken about before, The shift in the operating model due to COVID, which for me, this has been one of the the best parts, you know, trying to look at it positively or the best opportunities from COVID is that it forced not only, so he's in the UK, but we've also spoken to other people from Africa. um, It forces you to stop thinking about just your local market and understand that we're a global village and we're all connected via, you know, the digital world. So I think that's been a really great opportunity and something that they've taken advantage of yeah. in, in terms of the oblique life.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree, Janiel. So I was actually on one of the calls. Uh, they have one event called Africa Connect that happens once every month. Uh, and I, I, I met a lot of interesting people, you know, people that are in strategy at the African Development Bank, assisting the president of the bank. Uh, people that work in investment committees in Tanzania, uh, students uh, that are doing their master's, you know, African students in the diaspora. Uh, it's a really great platform. Uh, and I think the, the, the COVID uh, example that you're saying now that it sort of altered their model from physical uh, meeting up to virtual has actually assisted uh, the type of people that are also on these events because they're people from all over the world. And uh, I think that's very enriching uh, and might have actually enhanced their product. Um, in the-
0: yeah, for sure. And and tell me, Jonathan, how did you find the, the actual networking experience? When you were on the call, did you have time to network with other people? Was it the same as, like, did you feel as as if you were as engaged as if you had to go to, like, an in-person networking event? Like, how was that experience for you?
1: Yeah, an online virtual networking event is interesting. Hey, uh, I think you you need to participate and share your thoughts. Uh, so it'll, there, there there was a topic, I think it was investing in Africa, and people were just sharing their thoughts. Uh, and I think it's, it, it was very important for me to like share my thoughts and what I thought, you know, so that other people can know what I'm interested in and the things that I'm passionate about. And after the event, uh, maybe connect on LinkedIn, you know, but people out have been visible uh, during the call. I think it's a little bit different to a physical uh, call. But uh, I think if you can adapt a little bit uh, in the way that I just uh, stated, uh, it could work pretty well. Uh, But I must say, Shamil, like the full product offering that they have, you know, I just attended one event. to, if I was an actual member, you know, I think there'll be a lot more platforms, networking, introductions. That just comes uh, from being a member of, uh, of that organization.
0: Wow, that's that's really awesome. So, so I think you know that's something I could also probably do better, given that I, I don't know if you saw recently, but the the Economist showed like, you know, when we when we'd be getting as Africa the uh, vaccine for COVID nineteen. So. At least next year, I think we we said I was somewhere in twenty twenty two, so we'll still need to be adapting to these sort of virtual conferences and things like that. So that's definitely something I think is a goal for me, for for twenty twenty one to to sort of figure out that landscape a bit better. Yeah, that's that's really good insights that you gave there.
1: Yeah,
0: cool. Um, and then and then I think for me the the one of the other biggest points is that you know when I think about entrepreneurship or going into my own journey, I always think like okay. This is my main passion. This is where I'm going to develop. This is going to be great. And when I decide that I'm going to go into a business wholeheartedly, that's going to be my everything. And I think that when you hear Rami's decision-making process, it was quite interesting to hear that he was doing, you know, he, he understood that I can stay in banking, I can move to another company and I can still develop. So he understood that I will develop in this role or I could go into entrepreneurship and develop as well. So there was growth and development on both sides as well as a a salary etc etc but what the determinant was for him is straight out passion which i thought was was absolutely awesome because you know a lot of other entrepreneurs that i've come across you know it's often either somebody got retrenched or they they didn't feel that they were growing enough in their current role and this and this and then you know they jumped into entrepreneurship and it's been awesome but i think That decision, um, you know, I I often don't think about that enough, that you can grow in this current role or you can grow into this, but what are you more passionate about? What did you think about that sort of decision-making process?
1: Yeah, I I think that highlights uh, what uh, makes Rami a a very awesome guy, you know, the way he views the world and the way he uh, implements his plans. um, I think you put it across very nicely, you know, uh, that weighing up the options, because he didn't just jump off the aeroplane, you know, he he understood what he had at HSBC, uh, what was in store in terms of career progression, and what was in store in terms of oblique life, and what he could achieve there, you know, and you know, passion in the end pushed him uh, in 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 the direction of oblique life, uh, but it, it wasn't off the uh, off the, 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 the cuff, like he actually deliberated logically uh, to, alive, to arrive at that conclusion. Uh, I think that's what makes it amazing.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then I think, you know, my, my last point that he, he makes is he, he sort of touches on it a little bit, but at the end there, when he's giving his parting words about moving quickly in the market, and, you know, that really reminded me of Elon Musk um, quite a bit, because he speaks about, you know, he knew that he can finish his degree um, at a top university and go on. But the timing for the specific prog- product that he had an idea for, for his particular business was right at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's, it's great to have a good idea. It's great to have a good work ethic and capital, but market timing is everything. Mm-hmm. You, you really need to enter the market at the right time. So, he, you know, he talks about moving quickly, entering the space. And and I think being able to identify that opportunity and then taking the risk and jumping into the space is is something that a lot of entrepreneurs need to need to be aware of, you know, if if they're thinking about jumping into that space. Yeah,
1: I, I totally agree, Shneel.
0: Yeah, was there was there anything else from your side um, regarding
1: regarding the interview? Um, n- no, uh, other than the fact that uh, if you do want to be a member of, of Oblique Life, uh, we will be sharing. Um, uh, links to the Oblique Life platforms uh, and and feel free to join if you feel like that's something that could enhance your professional network. Uh, But it's definitely something I'll highly recommend.
0: Yeah, definitely. Everyone should, should definitely check it out. Thanks, man.
1: Cheers. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Young Professional African Edition. If you haven't already, Please subscribe to the show on Apple Music, Spotify or whatever platform that you use to listen to podcasts.
0: And if you enjoyed the show, give us a like and a follow. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at YP underscore Africa. That's YP underscore Africa. And if you've missed an episode, don't stress. You can catch up on our YouTube channel, YP underscore Africa. Like and subscribe, guys. Like and subscribe. That's it from us,
1: guys. See you next week.